Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family through their Facebook page, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. I'm Tim here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Studios in Wormtown. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing so well. How are you today? I am so well as well, Lance. And for this episode today, we are bringing you some an episode that we produced for Crawl Space for this week. And uh, and we're not so we're not doing a new missing Maura Murray episode this week on this channel. Um, I guess you can call this our holiday break. We will be back uh, next week with new content. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this episode is with our friend Jenny Carreri. And we also did an episode with Jenny back in, I think it was August, that aired on this feed. So that's another reason why we're putting this audio here. Because if you heard that, maybe you want to hear this sort of as a follow-up or as a sequel to that episode. Yeah, Jenny is a warrior, and any chance that we get to speak with her, uh, we take advantage of. She has been looking into the murder of her sister, uh, Jody LaCornu, and uh, right outside of Baltimore, and she's made it her life mission. She's put up billboards. Her face is always out there. She's always fighting for justice for her sister. So again, any chance we have to talk to her and get the um, you know keep that profile uh, raised is uh, we take advantage of. And something else, Lance, that has been keeping us busy this week is that we have been allowed to add our archive, our original episode archive, back to the public feeds. So now you can listen to every single episode of Missing Maura Murray, every single episode of Crawl Space, and every single episode of Empty Frames, our art crime show. There are links to each show in the show notes. All episodes are back. It's very exciting for us. I would say that I agree with everything except for we were allowed. We actually strong-armed our way into the corporate overlord's office, and we said, the public demands us. That's true. And we are not leaving here. We are locking the doors, and we are not leaving here until we have access to everything we've created so we can answer that call. 
And the episodes are now kind of cataloged a little bit better than they were before. I noticed some complaints in the iTunes comments about uh, it being a little confusing what uh, what episode is what. Now you can look at the entire Missing Maura Murray catalog and look at episodes that are specifically Missing Maura Murray episodes. And you can look at the Crawl Space Brianna Maitland series. There's also three episodes of a Brandon Lawson series. And so we're going to add some other stuff, too. And anything that says, like, say, Killer on the Parkway, you know, that that is not a Missing Maura Murray episode, um, but it is something that we want to bring to this feed. So we'd love it if you listen to all of it, but we understand if you're only here for a certain aspect of it. But now the choice is yours. You can listen to whatever you want. You can re-binge if you listen to some of these episodes back in 2015. But also, you can go back and check out the entire series of Brianna Maitland and so forth. Yeah, I, I think uh, the option's there for you. So now you have it. Um, the case with Mora, uh, her case is at a point where... We, we also felt that it was very important to get all of those episodes back up there so people could listen to it and people could um, experience the, sort of the journey of uh, where you're at with this case. Uh, a lot of people are introduced to this case on a daily basis. And to jump in, I mean, the podcast medium is something where people uh, gather information from. They go to this show to get information about the case. And sometimes that information needs clarification later on. And when you have a piece of it, you know, right now that needs to be clarified in, in two months, you want to know that both of those episodes are there because if you need to uh, properly process this case, you really need all of the information. And hopefully this is um, a, a step in the right direction. Well, not hopefully. I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction. And uh, and, and also, you know, to make it available to to to, to the public, uh, even on the level of, like you said, uh, the killer on the parkway. You know, you don't want something like that buried. Uh, it, it is on the feed. It doesn't have to do with Maura Murray. But it is a, it is a. Uh, it is a, a a case that we are passionate about. Yeah, and it involves a couple of missing people. And uh, so I think that's mi- mostly what we're doing here with this feed now is it's mostly our uh, missing person feed and crawl spaces, kind of everything else. Um, but occasionally you'll find um, random episodes on the Missing Maura Murray feed. And yeah, again, we appreciate it if you listen to it. If you don't want to, that's fine too. That's not fine. And we wanted to let you know that we're going to be bringing you a mini series on the unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard. So that will actually make this Missing More Murray feed as well as our Crawl Space feed. And you'll find some feed drops on the feed here occasionally because, well, honestly, they help they help keep the lights on. Yep. And so there's actually one that, that hit the feed today from Wondery. Uh, but Wondery produces great shows. I'm, I'm sure you're aware. You probably subscribe to many uh, Wondery shows um, if you're listening to this already. So hopefully that's a bit of welcome audio. And anything that we put on this show as a, as a feed for another show... Uh, is going to be something that we think is in everyone's wheelhouse. It's going to be something that's within the same genre for the most part. Okay, everybody. So please, I uh, hope you enjoy this episode with Jenny Carreri. Of course, uh, her her twin sister, Jenny LaCornu, was murdered, and uh, she is fighting for justice for Jody. So please follow Jenny on Twitter. Check out justiceforjody.com. Welcome to Crawl Space, Jenny Carreri. How are you tonight, Jenny? Oh, I'm doing good now that I'm with you guys. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to join us here. Um, in the past, I don't know, two or three weeks, we've had all of the superstars, the uh, the you know the, the relentless rock stars of of this whole uh, true oh. crime genre. On we had uh, Kelsey German on. We had Sarah Turney. <sighs> now we have you. I feel like I feel like we're uh, I don't know. We, it's like Christmas coming early for we us. should all we should all get together we could let's like all get together like you were talking about yeah and we had bill thomas on too just um like a month or six weeks ago and uh we had planned to have you four um to the american yes. crime festival in uh in november but um obviously that didn't happen so that panel with the four of you that was going to be moderated by mike morford um, that that didn't uh-huh. happen so we should really you know revisit that idea and see if we can make that happen Let's do it before summer. <laughs> All right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll put a call out to the people. This is a call to action. If anyone knows uh, a good location, a nice intimate venue, feel free to uh, ping us. Oh, that'd be great. Okay, I'm on it. So, Jenny, you are so busy with your pursuit for justice in your sister's murder, and you recently did a show with Oxygen. It's called Relentless with Kate Snow. I just watched it. Well done. Great job. 
Um, Thank you. Our, our friends at Oxygen did it again. Um, so to, yes. how was that? What was that like? It was amazing. It They were, I mean, they, they did such a great job. And we started, they reached out to me, Kate Snow, I believe it was one of her assistants early on in March. They were talking about this the the show and that it was based on solved cases, but they really wanted to get oxygen to do Jody's case. So I didn't even think that it would happen since all of the shows, like I said, were resolved, solved. And when they called me back, I was really excited about it because any chance I can get her story out there, I just jump on it no matter what. And so they, I mean, it, it was a lot of, work but just amazing the, the crew everybody uh I went I went up there first and met with Kate and she was lovely and just I felt like she was my sister she was so sweet and just oh. such such a great person um and just yeah I mean you just felt right so comfortable with her I mean I walked into the room and uh you know they as far as, you know, what colors you're going to wear and all this. And, and we had the same color shirt on and she's like, don't worry, I'll change. And she was just very, just very sweet. And, um, yeah. So, but well, that's nice. yeah, she was great. And we did it. We actually did it, the interview in New Jersey and, uh, they pick a plate, you know, a studio and then they came down. She didn't come down, but her crew came down and interviewed me and my mom and my husband and, they were here for, they were here for, I think over a week or so. Cause we did the billboards in the cemetery oh, wow. and they came to my house. Uh, they did a lot of different, you know, they interviewed David Collins, who's been a huge support for me with in Baltimore, one of the, with WBAL from for years, he's been really helpful and right. advocating for me. Um, and my lawyer that I had with the lawsuit, they interviewed him and then Steve Janice, who's another, reporter uh, he's with the real news network he was with fox 45 for a while but he's been huge i think yeah if, if you guys remember he was um one of the other ones in the show but they really they were just great i mean the the producer chris i'm going to pronounce his right name wrong seguilia was just a phenomenal and i mean it, it just yeah it, i mean even though it was a a you know, sad at times, you know, we're talking and, and, but they, they just made it really just a really, really good experience. And I'm really grateful, like the outcome. And I'm very happy with oxygen. And if they want me to, they, I'll do anything else with them. I'm wondering how you managed to muster up the energy to do this. Uh, it's your, your sister was tragically murdered in 1996 and you, again, I keep using the word relentless. That was obviously the name of the show on oxygen, but you just like, you motivated me. Like you watch that and there's this motivation, just like the strength that you have. How have you done that I over think so many line. years? Is it, <laughs> how, do you, how do you reach back and get that? <laughs> I, I, I sometimes wonder, um, what did Lester hold when I did my interview with him? He said something, some, he said something very funny. Like, um, I don't know. I'm obsessed, but I mean, it's, it's, oh, I'm just, nothing will stop me. And I mean, that's good and cannot be good. Um, because I'm just, you know, I've just made the decision that I, I will go to any lengths to, find her killer. And, and, and the more, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, I can't think of the word cause it's been a long day. The lack of support that I get from Baltimore, it just motivates me even more, you know, from the police and everything. And, um, yeah. you know, they all like to put out there the police department I've met, you know, in the governor's office and the County executive, you know, everybody's behind me and wants to help me. But I mean, the bottom line is it's, uh, 23 and a half years later and we're still in the same spot and you know with all the investigative you know everything I've done over the years you know just seeing just things not happen you know people that were interviewed that weren't interviewed that they said were interviewed and very upsetting and it just keep you know I just I mean I'm not I uh, always doing well. I mean, I'm, I'm falling apart a lot. Um, I struggle with my own personal issues and, and it's been a huge, 
um, what's the word? Uh, stress on my marriage, my family. Um, we were watching the show Friday night with my husband. You know, he was part of it when we watched it and he got upset and stormed out of the room because he's very upset that I, uh, for several reasons that I, that I'm open about my life, what I've been through. And, um, I just, you know, made a couple just a couple years ago, made a decision that, I mean, that I would just be open about what happened. I mean, with the struggles Jody and I had and, um, yeah you know, things that, that had happened when we were growing up. And it's just, um, you know, you spend for me so many years trying to hide so many things with our family and our life and everything. And that it's just, it just gets exhausting. And, and this is me. And if people don't like me, then, you know, what can I do? You know, I've struggled and I still struggle, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, he doesn't like that all out there, but the bottom line is it's 2019 and, um, you know, everybody's got some sort of struggles in their life. I, I would think at least some, yeah. um, you know, in their family. And um, so he wasn't yeah. happy about that. And he wasn't happy about, because he told me not to speak to the prisoner. And I told him I wouldn't. And I did. But that's, you know, what I'm talking about. Like, I'll go to any lengths. And um, it's just that I, I don't know, maybe some people might think it's careless, but um I, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm not afraid. I mean, I went from this, I mean, for years, I was terribly just anxious. I mean, I still struggle with the anxiety, but I was worried, um, you know, with her manner of death and, and just, I mean, I couldn't even be in a room by myself. And, and now it's, it's, it's almost like I feel invincible or something like I'm going to go and if somebody's going to try to stop me, you know, um, does that make sense? I, I just, yeah, your, your pursuit I, has given you strength. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it, and, and he yeah, does, you're, you're, you're like, you're like fueling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe I should be more cautious. Um, something David Collins said in the interview, cause I didn't see all these interviews about how, you know, if somebody, something about, they're not going to want you around. And I thought, Oh, um, you know, did you see that part? You remember that part? Yeah. You said if you, yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, I don't know. I don't, I just don't have that fear. Maybe I should. What do you no, think? No, what do you think? I don't think you should. I mean, <laughs> how many of these other cases that, that we talk about and you've seen and Tim's seen that, that just go in one direction because people have been, uh, conservative in their approach and they're afraid to talk about, uh, things that law enforcement doesn't want them to talk about simply right. out of pride. So, and, and a- approaching suspects and going to visit someone in prison. I mean, a lot of that I feel like, you know, and I'm probably, I don't know if I'm like totally wrong on it, but I feel like a lot of that is kind of an unofficial breach of the line between citizen and law enforcement. And that that line is only there due or mostly there due to pride. And if you if you have the courage to cross it, I I think people just don't have yeah. a choice in in that in that. Uh, I mean, the bottom situation. line is is if if I felt, I mean, this wasn't my plan to be doing all of this, but if if I felt that it was it, it if the investigation was if they were working if they were thoroughly investigating everything and and doing everything that I've seen and learned and 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 like I, I wouldn't be doing all these things, going out doing all these things, you know. But it, but it, I just feel like right, like I need to be doing this and and be all, like pressure on them, you know. And 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 they say that I criticize them and say stuff. I mean, I do. I I mean, but I I don't mean to. But it's I'm angry. I'm upset. I mean, I lost my twin. I've spent all these years without her. Um, yeah. It's it's very hard. I mean, I I've never felt the same. I mean, my, my life completely changed that day. And, and it's, 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 um, you know, I, 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 I never wake up without tons of gratitude, but it's, it's, I'm sad a lot and, and, and angry and, and, and feel that, um, you know, that for me to be, active and, and trying to make things happen, you know, I, I think her case definitely still would be sitting in the closet like they told me years ago. Well, I think what you've done in, in 
publicizing the case is absolutely remarkable. So please oh, keep, keep that up. I think, I think it's incredible. And, um, you know, I think it's natural to butt heads with law enforcement. If you're going about, um, your pursuit of justice, like you are. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, I mean, you're ruffling some feathers, like, you know, like you understand that you are and that's fine. That's good. They need that. Yeah. And I don't have a mean bone in my body. I mean, I'm actually, you know, like, like I, they, you heard, they call me Jenny the Wimp. Like I'm very nice and kind and a people pleaser and I want to make everybody happy and I don't like conflict, but like really this has just turned me into this just person that I'm like, I am not going to pardon my, you can bleep this out. I'm not going to be fucked with anymore. You know, like I'm done, I'm done. And, um, it just, yeah. it's very frustrating, you know, and, and I just feel like they just say what I want to hear, you know, when, at this point, you know, I just had a meeting a little while ago with them and, and it's, it's just the same. Yeah. Oh, but it's good. like the same That's... thing, you know, it's like, and there's just yep. so much that I've learned and I know, and it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. And then when I have people from like, Every interview I've done, I mean, people all over, people write me letters, people reach out to me on social media. They say, um, this, something's not right. I mean, when I have, I've never had one person say, um, yeah, they're do I, I think everything seems right with this case. I mean, I've never, you know what I mean? I mean, and that's just, that doesn't help, you know, that, that every single, like I said, to get random people from across the country. I mean, I did that, I did this documentary for, um, for France. I've done a few things. France is like obsessed with true crime. I did this documentary and that's going to come out in December. I mean, even the people I worked with there, I mean, they're in another country. I mean, it's just, what it is, what's not right with the case, I don't know. Can we talk about the um, the the actual um, you know murder scene a little bit? Because we we were talking right before we started rolling, and um, based on your uh, the your appearance on on Relentless with Kate Snow, I really really loved the the episode. But um, the animations that they did to to depict um, the murder, the 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 shot, and then how Jody drove away. Um, and then the killer followed her and didn't, wasn't like speeding. Like he just, he followed her and then parked next to her, got out, reached in, took something, got back in and probably put the car in park after it, it had hit a curb and Jody had, uh, she was shot through the back. And so I think she was, uh, not, not really moving much, I guess at that point. Um, so I I think, yeah, I think that part is really peculiar for uh, for most people oh yeah i mean from being in the one parking lot to driving across all the lanes with the severed spine and and him just following her over there and and sitting at the entrance of the lot while she drove around and then you know to reach once she hit the curb is i i believe that's probably when she died but him reaching over her body and putting her car in park. I mean, I just had somebody, another person just reach out to me just the other day. Like there's only one type of person that would put a car in park. Uh, um, you know, and this person wants me to call them. So like I said, there's always like people like, this is what it is. You know, like they just think that it's odd. I mean, like, do you don't you think that's odd? Extremely. Yeah. I mean, after, after the initial attack is not, um, a hundred percent successful, it becomes extremely, extremely odd that the follow-up happened. Right. What what type of person sees it through so thoroughly? I mean, some people think it, it was a hit. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys, do yeah. you guys have a thought? I mean. Well, is it, a, I mean, would it be like a mistaken hit? I, does, was there like connections know. there? I don't know. I mean, ugh. It does sound like if you were to read this in like a uh, Scorsese script, it sounds right. like something that would be in a Scorsese. And I'm not I, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but it sounds like something that's like stereotypical. It's not your normal. I mean, like like if it was a robbery and her, they say her window was rolled down. Why didn't he just put the gun up to her and say, 
give me your money? You know, why shoot her from behind, follow her with, you know, people around, you know, even though it was in the middle of the night, there was, they said the giant, it was 24 hours, you know, that was open. There was people at the Boston market unloading the truck. I mean, there was clearly people around. And you still don't know what he took out of the car, if anything? Is is it confirmed that he took something out of the car? It's so bizarre the way that they've said it over the years. Or like something was taken out of her car, um, but there was no purse in the car. So did they? So did she have a purse? I'm sure she did have some, you know, a purse or maybe her wallet, um, you know, oh, something okay. with her. But they said that. That that wasn't that something was taken out, but that wasn't there. They had never been specific about the purse, so so maybe it could have been more, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they were just they're very vague about it. And then they said um, the phone. Well, they didn't say this, but the she had that bag phone. My parents got her because they were really worried about her being in Baltimore. And um, so then later on, they said that that was missing too. So that's a lot to grab. Um, right. I mean, they grabbed the phone, the per, I mean, I don't know. Were they perhaps saying something like that as a way to bait the, the perpetrator? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. All we know is what they tell us. So that's why, because they won't show us any records. I mean, they won't even show us the original police report. And what made me really mad in seeing that show and, and, and I love their, their, PI spokesman. He's a really nice guy. And um, a lot of people say he's a patsy. He just like, he just says what, you know, he, he, he's such a, like a really nice guy, but I mean, I think he just says what they want him to say, you know? And, and he said, you know, when asked, you know, with the crime scene photos, why didn't they put out more stuff early on? And, and, and what he said was they hold things out in an investigation. So they don't put a description of the vehicle. Like, I mean, they do that all the time on TV. Like somebody, a child is missing. Or there's something going. They always have a description of a vehicle, right? Like that, I, I just thought that was so odd. They never had a description of the killer's vehicle. They didn't put the photos out till 20 years later to the to the media. Like they wouldn't yeah. put them out. But the description of the suspect's car, Jody's car. Like they they didn't put it out till 20 years later. And they said, oh, it's because we hold things in an investigation. But maybe that would have helped early on, right? Sure. Right. What's the time frame on that? You know, like maybe after like a year, no one said, hey, what if we try this? Right. It took 20 years. But like the description of if they just they, they put out a picture of what was described of this BMW. It seems like that would have jogged somebody's brain early on. Don't you think if they put the picture of that Absolutely. out early on so it's, it's just very odd they won't even give my family the photos but they'll come to people magazine and um right. it's, it's what it's there it's very odd this is the baltimore county police department correct yeah so she died apparently she died it's the line right there she died in the city and then drove over to the county so the county took the police but i don't know if you ever heard about how the city offered to help the, the police chief sent me a handwritten letter of Baltimore City. Tell us about that. That's interesting. Where they have like a, how many murders a day? I mean, the county has, I mean, this this was years ago. I mean, the county's gotten a little bit more, but nothing compared to Baltimore City where people are just being shot all the time. But the, the police chief several years back from Baltimore, he offered his assistance, his department, Stands by, you know, my family and wants to help. And Baltimore County told him to butt out. Well, that sounds so stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds so stereotypical. Again, if you're reading this as, as some screenplay, it would sound like, and I'm this is just me saying that this is what it sounds like, Baltimore, uh, you know, like uh, just riddled with violence, right? Just just ripe for, for violence in the mid-90s. Right. Uh, everything from, you know, gangland stuff to, to the mafia. I mean, drugs. And then you have this hit style. And then the police are just like, hey, butt out. You know, it, it feel it's like a bad screenplay. It, it is. I mean, and it's, it's, I mean, you don't hear good, good things about Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, sadly, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, did you guys see the keepers? 
Yeah. The keepers. Oh yeah, with um the uh Gemma Hoskins, yeah. The nuns. Gem- uh, we literally just said her name and I, I just drew a blank. Yeah, Gemma. <laughs> did you? Yeah. How crazy was that? Right. I mean Yeah, that's crazy. So I I mean and I just hear I mean I've heard of several other cases, you know, where people have tried to deal with the police. I mean, that's the problem is there's no like who polices the police, right? I mean, it's it's we're at their it's like they have her case hostage. Right. Right. Well, that's so interesting because they have hundreds and hundreds of cases. Like why this one? Exactly. Like what, why are they not solving it? Like, I mean, that, that's what some of these reporters have said. It's like, it's like they don't want to solve it. Yeah. I just want to make a quick point of something that you brought up earlier and I didn't want to forget about it and we can, we can get back to the actual crime itself, but I mean, hearing you talk like this and all the frustration and then hearing you talk about your husband walking out of the room because it upset him that you were doing certain things. It's not a cliche that when something like this happens, it it's not only one victim. It's it's a ripple effect that that's like yeah. dozens of victims. And I mean, Tim and I are about as far removed from this as possible. And it's even like getting getting my anxiety going. So, oh, wow. It's this whole like ripple effect that happens. It is. It is. That's such a good point. That's wow. Well, I mean, we we see, we keep seeing it over and over and over. And it's so common that it just starts to feel like this, you know, cliche. And I just feel the need to reiterate it as much as possible that it's not just one person and it's not just uh, immediate family. It just, it goes into, I mean, we, we just talked about how like, this is like, uh, could be this weird corruption thing and a, and a, and a, and a mistaken hit. It's, I mean, and it's been so long. Well, actually, so I wanted to talk more about that. Um, the p- possible mistaken hit, um, Jenny, I, I hadn't known after our first, uh, conversation on that we aired on missing Maura Murray. Um, I hadn't known that your, your father was a prosecutor. I had, um, I either forgot that or, or didn't know until I watched relentless with Kate snow. But what, what do you think about that? Do you think there's any connection there? I, I, I think it's, it's a, it's, you know, I don't rule anything out. Um, I mean, he did. He spent years prosecuting drug and violent crime. And, you know, one our, we had a neighbor across the street from us growing up that prosecuted somebody. And 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 he, um, when we were younger, I remember this always came, was kind of in my mind, but he was the, one of the, the people that he prosecuted was, was, it was like harassing the wife or doing some stuff that like, you know, I'll never forget about that. Like, um, threatening her or something. There was something going on. So I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't rule anything out. I, I, um, but you know, my dad was, he was a very kind gentleman, but he did put people in prison, you know, lock them up, uh, have, you know, prosecute them. So, um, I mean, it's definitely an interest. I mean, there's so many angles to it. Right. She and her boyfriend getting into a fight. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we spent some time on that um, last interview, but I, I also think it's really interesting to to the point of a p- possible mistaken hit that um, the killer doesn't like go much faster than he just normally. It's almost like he's going about his business, quite literally. Like he's not in a rush, maybe because he knows he's not going to get recognized and connected to Jody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's not afraid because he's got protection. Yeah, I mean, if I if I shot Lance and uh, you know pe- people saw, they'd probably be able to connect that because we know each other and spend time together, you mm-hmm. know. But if there's no connection there, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily uh, rush out of there. Maybe I don't know. Like he seemed like he had to go over there and check and make sure his job was complete. Right. Because exactly. Because don't you think what I said if he was trying to rob her? that he would have done it right in that first parking lot where there weren't, wasn't the 24 hour giant and the other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a couple of different types of, or several different types of criminals. And if he's approaching her to rob her and it goes wrong the first time, I think that type of criminal who's just doing like a smash and grab would take off. They, they, they'd be gone. They don't want to get caught. Also interesting point about, 
um, it being the hit and your father. Uh, I would think, though, that if someone were to do that, it would be a way to send a message. And if your message, if if you're if you're not claiming responsibility for the crime, how how where's the message going? You know, no one came forward and said, you know, consider that a warning. You know what I mean? Or that was for this guy that you put in prison. If you're not claiming responsibility for it, then the message is kind of moot. It's, you know, it's kind of silly. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. But do you, without, I mean, would you definitely put robbery as not a motive i mean like i mean because i i go through this i can't tell you how many times in my head still all the time i lay in bed at night you know and run through these scenarios in my head you know yeah Mm -hmm. would you rule out robbery or would you i don't know i mean was she was there any indication that there were maybe you know, I, I'm not I'm not saying this in any way to disparage her, but was there any talk of drugs? Was there anything about like, could they try to be stealing some drugs or instead of the money? And that's the thing. So, you know, and I, I don't, um, you know, and that, well, first of all, I have people say, oh, you shouldn't. Um, it, it makes me angry. I've had people come up to me. You shouldn't talk about um the drugs or it being like a drug scenario because then people won't take it seriously. And it just upsets me. Um, you know, she definitely, you know, we both struggled when we were young in high school and, um, but for her, um, she was an alcoholic, you know, she struggled with alcohol. I honestly, in my heart don't, and, and, and we had lips, we were not living together at the time, but did not believe that she was doing drugs. There was no drugs in her system. Um, for years, I, I mean, I didn't know about her. I mean, felt like when she got out of high school, I mean, I know, um, I mean, I think maybe when she got out of the treatment, she smoked pot, but she never got into, you know, but it was, it was alcohol. I mean, she was, she struggled terribly with anxiety and she was just, it was like medicating herself and it was was so sad. I mean, she was such such a beautiful person and just struggled so, so deeply, you know, and, um, and her boyfriend, they both, I mean, that was their relationship. They just drank and, um, it, So she was in a bar that was known. I mean, it was her local tavern where she felt comfortable. I mean, she never, she never really went out of her element. You know, she went to her work. um, She had lots of friends. She went to this bar. um, She also was also known that she really kind of had a crush on the owner. That's another angle to it too. Um, And her boyfriend didn't like her being there at that bar. Um, But it was known that at that you could get the bar was no I guess like any other bar you could get drugs there so so for her being so afraid you know as my mother would say she was afraid of her closet you know to to just go out in the middle of the night and and so this is my thing on the drug thing I'm sorry it's taking a long time but like if she was like oh my gosh my boyfriend we got into a fight it's the end of the world you know when you have that feeling where you just like can't you're just devastated. I'll just go do drugs or something. Um, why not get it in the bar when she, you know, in during why in the course of the hours she was there, if, she, if it was known you could get it there, why go in a, the middle of the night in a parking lot and get it from some stranger? That's the part that doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Does that make sense? So it was kind of an unconventional um, night for her. So, uh, I know she, she went to a bar that she was familiar with, but she was out pretty late and alone and bought alcohol. Um, which and, is, and was just, is odd. Yeah. Sitting in her car, right. For her to go, it is just, that is, it's unheard of for her. I mean, she didn't even like to drive in the snow. Um, she was afraid to live in Baltimore. She would say she was afraid she was going to get shot. She would say that she would tell my family that. So for her to, go sit in the middle of the night in a parking lot and, and talk to a stranger that approached her vehicle. I mean, it's just, none of it adds up. None of it ever. I mean, she would never do anything like that. She drove the the janitor home. I mean, she had a heart of gold. She would do anything, but it's just almost like somebody put her up to all this or something. It's just, it doesn't add up. I know that there were some witness accounts that, 
maybe a conversation that happened between her and the uh, the man in uh, what they described as uh, the, the camouflage jacket. Correct. Yes. Do you know how long that conversation may have have taken place? I think it was a few minutes. There was, a, if that, um, she had made several phone calls in her car and from that phone. Yep. Um, prior to that, but yep. yeah, it wasn't from what I'm learning from the police. It wasn't that long. And then the, uh, the, the gunshot went through the driver, like her side, the driver's side rear window. So driver's side rear window, Correct. right? Into the back of the seat. And I believe. It was a thirty-eight caliber. Oh, that's interesting. What do you What do you know about that? Oh, I was just curious. Like, is that is that like a um, is that the type of weapon that a certain occupation would possess, or someone connected to that occupation, like maybe uh, police or security or something like that? If it was like a standard um, issue or something, the the whole breakdown of this happening. Like the bullet going through the driver's side rear window, it it almost like plays out in my head as something was exchanged, conversation or something, uh-huh. and 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 you know tempers were triggered right. or a temper was triggered, and it doesn't feel like it was planned, okay. but it feels like after the fact, the person had enough wherewithal to say I have to finish this and I have to be calm mm-hmm. which is really really interesting that someone could right. be calm in that situation after that happened and and it's it's mm-hmm. a fact because if if this person wasn't calm he wouldn't have continued uh right. with the act he he would have right. panicked and left or he would have he would have shot uh over and over into the car right right the fact that it started moving made him made him calm and realize I, I have to continue this. I have to be smart about the, the next few things I do. Right. So I think I think you're talking about a certain type of person. And I don't want to say like military or anything like that, but I want to just say like if this was some drug dealer, some like tweaking kid who who was up at quarter to four in the morning selling drugs probably isn't acting this way. But I'm not positive. Right. But you're right. Like you're making me think him being angry because like I'm thinking in my head as you're saying all this like well people just don't walk up and shoot people in Baltimore but I guess they do but I mean in this scenario to have a conversation and then shoot like you said there there must have been some sort of anger something that there was a heated something went on right like I mean in like a minute like you don't just have a conversation and shoot somebody yeah, I, I want to hear more about uh, the conversation that she had with someone with the same uh, described jacket. So you, do you think it's it's likely she spoke to her killer in the bar beforehand? One of the persons of interest, so there was a, there was a bartender at the bar who had a friend, the bartender's friend's friend, said he saw, I guess they were all in there one day after Jody died and they saw something on the news. And he said, I saw Jody with this person of interest. So that was something that was like what the police tell me they were looking into. And, but then all of a sudden they're like, Oh no, he had the wrong person. That guy's a druggie. He had the wrong person. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, or, you know, he just had the wrong girl. But this guy was 100. I mean, because I that's one of the people that I went to meet in Baltimore. Oh, it is. Well, how did that go? I mean, he seemed he could not be more clear and sure that he knew this person of interest and that Jody, that was Jody who he saw. And um, he just, you know, he describes sitting in the bar early on and seeing her picture and and the police told me they had interviewed him early on that's one of the i don't know how many different examples where he was never interviewed by them until i got them to interview him and then they said oh yeah we interviewed him <laughs> they told me they had interviewed him way back when uh, that's frustrating but that but that was a lie yeah oh yeah they he i mean i met with i mean i i met with him several times phone conversations with him and I mean he he was not 
out of his mind on drugs, but they're telling me he's a druggie. I mean, and I know somebody that's out of their mind on drugs. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. maybe they're just. I mean, maybe they're trying to to throw you off. Maybe they. Maybe he actually is a good person of interest. Mm, well. No. Oh, oh, the other one. <laughs> oh, the, the the. I mean, the person of interest. I thought you meant this guy. Um, it's possible, but um, you know, and he's another one that I had because he was locked up and I thought about reaching out to him and, and, um, and then I heard he got out. So, um, yeah, I mean, my mind's, I still have many plans <laughs> of things that I, that I'm going to do, you know, as far as reaching out to people. And, and I mean, and, until they can solve her case, I'm, they're going to have my help on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying people's names. I'm just sort of trying to get information out there because maybe somebody will hear something, something will click. Um, you know, they're saying like, I'm messing up the investigation yeah. and I'm like, what investigation? Um, because obviously there hasn't been a thorough one. There's no progress. If it was an investigation, it wouldn't have been sitting in the closet for years. And, and then all of a sudden it's an open investigation when I file a lawsuit. Oh, whoa, it's an, it's an active investigation. Well, how's it active if it's in a closet? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, they're just they just have that trap that they're ready to spring and along comes you with your billboards. Right. Is it is it is it an open investigation till I'm six feet under? I mean, like, exactly. how does that work? Like, there's no. What's what's the rule with that? Like, how do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, when does when does the when does the line get crossed? When does right. the line get crossed between, um, you know, you know, now we're going now we're going to allow you in right? Uh, because it's just we've exhausted everything. But in the meantime, you're like, it's just been sitting in a closet. Yeah. Like, what, what were you really like? A Like, were you 24 hour surveillance on one particular person of interest and, and no one knew? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Doubtful. I mean, and I find I find I mean, so many things. So I don't know how many years back I was doing an interview with one of the Baltimore stations. And so the bar, the Mount Washington Tavern was a place where a lot of local reporters would they would have media night, you know, where they would go there after work. And so one of the cameramen who did one of my interviews, he said, you know, I talked to Jody that night in the bar for like 20 minutes. Like he, it's just the craziest thing. Wow. And yeah. And so, and apparently like she was sit at for a while, she was sitting by herself, which is sad to hear about, you know, sitting alone by herself. And so the police never even interviewed him. I mean, and I'm thinking, how is that how is that possible exactly and, like wouldn't and what, what was it that he did he tell you anything that uh that she said to him i mean nothing you know i think it was just like just talking you know it was nothing um substantial but the, but the point is you would think they'd go back and figure out you know they they all knew her in there she she had her friend her bartender friend that she would sit and talk to um like who is she talking to I mean, they know these media people like it just do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just that I find so many yeah. different things that weren't looked into. It just makes me think that they they really um, missed a lot of what else have they missed? Right. Yeah. And and you you said pretty early on that this case just seems so solvable, especially early on. Exactly. We should have put the Boy Scouts on it in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, I mean, and like, so one of the calls she made when she talked to her roommate's boyfriend, I, you remember that one where she, you know, she, yeah. so, so for years, I'm like, I, that just doesn't sit right with me though. He knows where she is in that parking lot. Um, oh, well he didn't drive. And then I'd ask later, what, you know, cause I would just continue to ask, what, what did he drive? Oh, I don't recall what kind of car he drove. Oh, he didn't drive. Like it was, oh, it was like a never like. Like what did he drive or yeah. did he not drive? And then, so yeah, so it, it, it came down to, he didn't drive. Can you elaborate a little bit on that phone call for anybody who doesn't know what that is? She had a girl that, cause she had a heart of gold that she moved in with her, that she had waitressed with and, um, didn't have a place to go. I'm not really sure what was going on. Jody had her live with her and her boyfriend for a while. And then she moved out with her boy. Then eventually she, I guess, got into this relationship and was dating this cook at Fridays. She, that was one of the calls she made. She called her, I guess it was their place. 
it was, you know, in the middle of the night and had it and didn't talk to the roommate, but talked to the boyfriend for two and a half minutes, which is, I think, a pretty long time. Yeah, long enough. Yeah. Yeah. To know where are you? What are you doing? Da, da, da. So, so I find out this spring, I finally get them to go back and talk to him 20 something years later. And turns out he had his friend with him. Does that make sense? So, so he didn't drive, but he's got a friend with him and you find that out 23 years later. So Jenny, what is the next billboard that you plan to do? It seems uh, you are, uh, you, you said in, in the Kate Snow uh, special that you're addicted to these billboards. Uh, are you working on another one? I am. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be putting another one, another one with my tip line that I have with my phone line. It's it's still the same one. You guys know that I did that, that I started my own line for yep. tips. Yep. And uh, what what is that line? What's uh, What do people do if they have any tips? So they call. So this one is just, it says, do you know who killed Jody LaCornu? $100,000 reward. Um, and then with the tip line, it's 410-200-6284. Has the date March 2nd, 1996. And then the Caldor Giant parking lot. Just trying to put a little information um, out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that might jog somebody's memory seeing seeing that information. Absolutely. Um, but I, I I still I mean if you have any ideas I'm constantly like I still want to do more. It's just uh, trying to figure out. I, I I've wanted to do one to the president, but my mother's like I'll probably get shot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know because I I mean I'm not like a political person, but it was, it's more like an attention seeking. <laughs> Yeah, I think what you're doing right now is pretty solid. You're uh, utilizing every corner of the media, and uh, and you've managed to um, use that as a, a a weapon of choice for yourself I like for that. your justice. I'm and, trying. Um, I mean, I I I I I'm I'm just constantly like, what can I do next? You know, what can I get? That I think would, just yeah. more interviews, more yeah. more face uh, FaceTime, more making. Um, eye contact, you know, with, with everything. And that's just sort of a metaphor, right? It's just like, get your face in front of everything that you possibly can and your voice out there. And also make sure that, that, that Jody is humanized in everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, hopefully we can get to this question. I was, I'm curious what your relationship was with, with Jody. What was it like growing up with her? I think, I think talking about things like that is important. Oh yeah. I mean, we were inseparable. She was my best friend. And uh, I mean, from, from till, till we were separated when, you know, we went into treatment, they separated us. We were, we were together. I mean, we shared the same room, had the same friends. I mean, it was, it was like we were one, you know, um, yeah. we were known as the twins, you know, like we were, it's almost like, you know, the twins are coming over, you know, we always went to our friend's house together. Or, I mean, we were just, you know, my, my mother always dressed us alike, but as we got, got older, um, she, she was, she was always like, definitely like the more outgoing one. I was the shy one. And like I said, part of me's gone. And, um, and and I, I was just so, so numb. I'm, I mean, I still am getting numb and I can't, um, it's like, I can't handle it, you know? And, um, but it, it's like, my life is, is in constant motion because I can't, um, it's like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to think. And, and it's, it's maddening, you know, it's like, yeah. I feel like I can't even, um, enjoy life like it, it's like it, it's it's a lot like I said about it it's just I don't know it's like I feel like I'm I don't even know how to describe it like I'm like a shell of a person or something like I'm just... well I mean I think you're describing it a lot a lot like people describe uh being you know addicted to uh alcohol or drugs where you not a day goes by where you don't think about this where you yeah. don't think about how how can I how can I you know, fill that void. Right. And there's a, you know, there's a void that, that it is. It's that, that was, you know, by no doing of your own was, was put on you. 
Right, right. So, so I can I can totally see that feeling. Like you, this is this is something that you have that you can hold on to that you can find justice for. And you know, right. a, a, a lot of people. I know you said you felt like a shell of a person, but a lot of people actually collapse under all that, and <sighs> you know, don't do all of this. Well, I mean, I I definitely. Um... I mean, I do. I struggle. I mean, I've, 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 I mean, you've seen, I mean, I'm pretty open about it. I've, I've struggled with depression and, um, I mean, a lot and, and, and the anxiety and, um, you know, I mean, there's just days that I just, I, 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 I just make myself, I mean, I have three children, um, you know, they're the, you know, my husband, uh, my mother, you know, we lost my father to cancer and that was just like another really horrible, horrible time. And, um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I'm living life if that makes sense. Like, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm kind of here and, and, um, like I, I, you know, I mean, just like the littlest things, like, um, like I, like having fun. Like I was like, I don't even, <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, um, like my daughter's like, let's go play in the tree. And I'm like, Oh, like, I just, it's like, I'm sad. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, I don't. Uh, your law was taken from you. You're 23 years old, you know, and all of a sudden. Yeah. And I look around and I'm like, just like, I, I just don't feel like all these other people, you know, I don't feel normal. Um, it's, you know. Now, I, I, I apologize if I missed this somewhere, but do you ever go back to the parking lot and look at the scene yeah you know i could not go for the longest time and um so i couldn't even go into baltimore i mean just yeah i mean until i just really got this drive um but i do i have i mean for lots of interviews and um in you know it was it it, it was definitely really hard but like I, I can like go completely numb, like, um, and just go places like there now. And just like, I'm not even there. Like, does that make sense? Like, um, just like, I know I got to do this, so I'm going to be there and just, just completely am not like present, you know? And that's like something my husband says a lot because like over time, um, you know, it's like, he's like, you're not even here. Like, I'm just, and I feel like I'm not like, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like even like, I feel like with my children, like I, I was sharing this too with, when I was doing the interview with Kate Snow, like, I just like my daughter talking to me and I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying. Cause I'm like, I'm gone. Like, I'm just, yeah. I mean, it's sad. It's, I want to be here, but like, I mean, and, and I can't, like, I, I, I can't, I mean, I'm sitting still right now, but, um, I mean, I can't even like, I can't sit still like all day. It's like, I'm either moving or I'm like passed out asleep. It's like, I, it's, it's weird. It's like, I can't be with myself. I can't think. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's totally understandable. That makes it, it's actually kind of refreshing to hear somebody say this. Yeah. I hate it. It yeah, it feels honest. Which uh, you know, when we're doing this for so long, not a lot of people are that like flat out honest about something. I hate it. I hate I <laughs> yeah. hate living like this, and and you know the anxiety and um you know and I isolate and um a lot <laughs> because you know and 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 I get overwhelmed very easily and um you know as far as being a mother and a wife and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm very good at beating myself up. Like, because like, you know, people, oh, you know, like you were saying, like, you're, you're doing good. You're doing that, you know, but like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not like, I'm, but um, like, cause I like a lot of times I'm, I'm like really struggling inside. Um, but I, I just always get up and, and, and I'd say 90, whatever percent of the time I'm like smiling, you know, just put like a smile on my face, but, and just like, keep going, you know? Mm. Um, but you know, it's, it's like the letdowns, like, you know, too, with her case, like every time I do something, I think this is it, something's going to happen. Um, I'm going to get this call. Like, 
I was at work today and, and my attorney called who still like, you know, who helped me with the lawsuit. And, and I was like, Oh my God, like my heart like stopped. Cause I was like, something's happened, you know, and it was nothing, you know, it was just him checking in with me about something, but it's just this up, down, up, down, you know, it's like, yeah, it's very, it's very discouraging, you know? And, and, and my mind, like I could start to be like, we're never going to find our killer. And it's like, I can't, I, I just can't like let myself go there, you know? And then it's the whole thing with the guilt with my family. Cause it's taken me away from my family. And it, it's just like, it's all of it. I mm. mean, you know, you've talked to all these people that have, are going through all this and you know, it's, uh, I don't know, but I think, you know, I found, I got involved with, I think I told you this Tim with, um, volunteering with hospice. And that's like been like a really great thing for me. I haven't been able to do, much since I've had to, um, work like, you know, a real job, but, um, like I got to go on Thanksgiving and that, that's just like such a great thing for me, like to be able to be with people and, um, the patients. And I mean, that's been like, cause I really like to help people and be there for people. That makes me feel good. So that's something that makes me happy. So that's good. So, uh, if you were to give a little piece of advice to people who have been through something similar, similar, it would be, I would imagine, try to find something yeah that helps other people that makes you feel good and you can see a genuine uh result you can see oh a, yeah a, i a, mean you if, know like a tangible result of your actions right right and i and 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 that's like with every part of me i mean that's why i was open about my addiction and my eating disorder and and jody and i being as abused as we were young and i mean because i feel like so many people like have been through so many of those things. And, and if, if I can, um, you know, be open about it and talk about it and help people and maybe help somebody get help or something, you know, I mean, I don't know if I can, but yeah. you know, it, 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 that's, that's important to me, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely like going out and, and helping others and, and, and I'd like to be able to help other, I mean, some of the, I'm, I'm getting together. I've been talking with, Janice and some others, one of the reporters um, that were going to go, you know, try to work on some legislation, you know, with helping, we're going to call it Jody's Law with like trying to help, um, you know, with the victims, um, with helping um, with the police, with, with that there should be some laws in place about with cold cases and things like that. So we're, 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 we're getting together um, this month and, and just try to figure you, do you know what I mean? Like trying to, so people don't have to go through all this. Like there should be some protocols or what, what I, I, I don't know the right words. Um, but I, I, I think it's, there should be some accountability for the police and, and, and just, it's just like, I just feel like they shouldn't be able to just get away with, and I'm not trying to, I mean, it sounds like I've been very negative about the police. I mean, my, I knew many police growing up because my dad was a prosecutor and it, it's just, it's just my hell that I've been through. And I, I would not wish this on anybody um, having to deal with this, you know, and if, if, if I can help other families not have to, to do this, I mean, I mean, even the treatment, I mean, you're, you're, you have a, a somebody in your family that's murdered and, 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 and I go and meet with the police and their lawyer slams the door in my face and, and the prosecutor is just shitty to me. And I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It really is. You, you know, you, you would think I was the criminal because I want to find out who shot my sister. Yeah, we hear that story a lot with other people. And uh, you're right, there does need to be some sort of protocol that's put in place because you can't just simply say, well, um, other cases come in and this one is falling down the priority ladder. So, you know, that it is what it is. And you, and you throw your hands up. I get it. I get that, that um, they're understaffed and I get that there's a problem with crime and it's not going to stop. But you can't just simply say, well, is what it is. You know, there has to be something in place. I mean, we, you know we can we can find money to 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 drop a bomb on some country why can't we find money to to help in this situation yeah and and you were just talking about this you know you don't know if there's this void inside of you what that's gonna like is is bringing this killer to justice going to fill that so there also has to be that other side of like the there needs to be some sort of oh, like, yeah. counseling involved with the whole has Absolutely. to be a whole spectrum of it or else or else yeah or, or else you're yeah. just stuck forever and and that's not that's that's not uh that's not right that's not right to the victims and it they them and their families deserve a lot better 
Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, they've never offered any sort of love or support or anything. You know what I mean? It's more like um, the opposite. And, um, you know, and I understand, I mean, I wanted to make that clear. Like I do not expect Jody's case to be more special than anybody else's, but I expect the, the basics to be done. You know, the, 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 not that I, you know, I'm not a detective, but just when you see all these things that haven't been done, I mean, that's what's so discouraging and frustrating. Um, yeah. And, and absolutely like do, do, yeah, do your job. Like, you know what I mean? And and if you don't want to do your job, let the family get a private investigator, you know, like if you're overwhelmed, then why can't you get outside help? Well, Jenny, yeah, I, your journey is, um, is, is heartbreaking and, uh, and we're here for you and here with you and let us know how we can help. Um, oh, you guys are wonderful. I want to, I want to meet you guys in person. Yeah. That's let's... my next, what's, what's my plan? That's, what I mean. that's Great. my next plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's my All next right. plan. Yeah. Let's I'm working work on, on a that. thing. I'm also, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're, we absolutely have to do that. Absolutely. We can, we'll just get our own like group with Sarah. Cause I want to meet Sarah. She's like the biggest badass on the planet. I actually don't know if the room will be able to exist with the three of you in there. I think, I think it's, it's going to be too, uh, it's going to be too overwhelming. We should do a podcast with all of us. I think, that's, think? I think that's a dangerous idea. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I think that's a great idea. I think it would. I think it would be a good. I think it would be a good thing. I think just getting yeah, everybody absolutely. together. I think instantly, maybe ten cases will get solved. Yes. Just just because we're all in the same room. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I'm gonna plan it. I'm gonna put it all out right. there. <laughs> Love it. All right. And you yeah, know, you heard my husband. I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> that cracked me up. Did you see that part? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get, I get what I want. Well, thank you so much for joining us here, Jenny, on Crawl Space. God, thanks for putting a smile on my face. I really, I really, I, I admire you guys, and um, I think you're great. And I'm really grateful that you are talking to me and helping me, and it, it means so much. You have no idea. Like, I was really, speaking of, like, crumbling, I was not having a good day, and I'm, I'm ending it really well. So thank you guys. Thanks to you guys. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.